Right. Saying in the beginning of that very first sentence is just lucky is the people uh, like lucky are we people who live in the house of Hashem. So we said, what's living in the house of Hashem? So for some of us, it's sitting and learning Torah. For some of us, it's going to shul. So for some of us, it's your home. Like you know, you make your home a welcome place for God. But the biggest welcome place for God is the entire world. So Ashrei Yoshvei Vesachalaki is the person who really looks at living in your home, Hashem's world, as being together with you and recognizes, right, and recognizes that you are the um, host, right? And you're hosting all of us. So that's a very lucky thing to have because this way you're having God's understanding. You're taking it with you all day long. You're living through the lens of Torah and it's not so simple. Okay, so let me just give you an example. Okay, sometimes you don't have such an easy day. It's just a frustrating day. Everything that you tried turned out wrong. You forget your client, you forget the time, you missed the bus, you did this, you did that. It's a very frustrating day. Right? Anybody have days like that? Okay. <laughs> you have days like that. Yes. Okay. All right. So now, if you're looking at it as if you're living in Hashem's world, right, then you have a whole different view. Like you're like, okay, you know, God, I'm in your world. You set this up. This is part of my life. I want to learn how to be a better person. Like, I don't want to ignore this frustration. I don't want to be filled of this frustration. I don't want to be angry with this frustration. I want to take it and use it wisely okay like sometimes whatever you know people are doing something let's say you were used to working in a certain place right and you know you tell them well you know I can't really come in today all right and then you find out they really picked this phenomenal person to come in instead of you <laughs> and then you start getting worried like oh my gosh I could lose my job that person is even so much better so you got to like chill out you know to remember like you are in god's world and he's got a plan you don't have to worry about it what you should do which is really hard is wish these people well that's all you're right i couldn't show up to do this certain thing now you have to go out and hire somebody else you know what it's okay doesn't mean i'm gonna lose my job doesn't mean anything bad's gonna happen it's just living with a god consciousness. And when you live with a God consciousness, everything that's happening to you has a meaning and a purpose. And everything that's happening to you, you have the ability to respond. So you have responsibility. Okay. And that's what you're really trying your very best to remember. So now let's see what the next sentence is. Ashrei ha'am, right? Shekachalo, ashrei ha'am, shesham elokav. Praiseworthy are we that Hashem is our God. Wow, right? Ashrei Am Shekachalo. Praiseworthy are we that Hashem is our God, right? Hashem Elokav, all right? Right, so we said, what was the interesting part about the two names of Hashem there? What's the interesting part? What did the two names there represent? Who remembers? What's the two names represent? Right? What does Hashem represent? Which attribute of God? Come on, guys. Kindness. Yes, Esther. Good girl. Kindness, <laughs> mercy. Okay, amazing. What does Elohim represent? Din. Din. Powerful. All powerful. God is the most powerful reality in the world. No other power exists but Him. Okay. So it's interesting. So what are we saying? We're like lucky. Wow. Praiseworthy are we. That Hashem, right, the God of mercy and the God of judgment, it's all one. And he is our one God. What's so great about that? What is so great about having a God that has mercy and judgment? What's so great about it? Wouldn't you just want a God who's just, oh, mercy. You never have to pay for anything. It's all great. Whatever happens, we just forgive you. It doesn't matter. There's no consequence to your action. It's all good, 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 good. What would be wrong with that? There's a lot of people who would be like, woohoo, halavai, if only, right? How many of your kids would just want you to say, don't ever punish me, just love me all the time, doesn't matter what I do. So I got in a car accident, so I stole, so I took drugs, so I this, so I that, big deal, don't you just love me, okay? So why are we saying, no, lucky are we that we have a God that has mercy, but also has judgment? What's so lucky about that? 
Because we know right from wrong. Ah, we know right from wrong. How amazing. And what else? We're very important. There's consequences to all Yes, there's consequences to your actions, which means your actions matter. If you have no consequence to your action, then you don't matter. Okay, then what you do doesn't really make any difference in the world. What do we believe as Jews? Whatever you do does matter. Whoa, oh boy, whatever you say matters, what you think matters, <laughs> what you do matters. And with all those things, what did we say? We create energies. We create malachim, we create positive or negative energies that either come to our defense or come to prosecute. And when we do positive things and create positive energy, it helps us do another positive thing. When we create negative energies, we go down a slippery road, right? So this is things that we have to understand. And what we do matters so much that God says, I'm going to give you an opportunity to change what you did. It matters a lot what you do. So if you do something wrong, I really need to give you a consequence, right? But I can save you from that consequence. I can save the world from their consequence if they do what? Tshuva. Yes. If they do tshuva and they learn their lesson and they say, I'm sorry, and they sincerely change their way, mm-hmm. right? So ashreha'am, shekachalo, we are so lucky, Right. So that's one way we're lucky. The other way we're lucky is that God included us as a partner in this world. He gave us a really big job. When you get a big job, you know, people give you a lot of responsibility. How does that make you feel? Yeah, you feel important, you feel wonderful. Yeah, you feel important, you feel wonderful. Like, you know, when people say things to you like, you know, you're such a shamazel, like, I don't want to give you anything to do because nothing you do is right. <laughs> How do you feel? Bad. Lousy. Yeah, lousy. You feel like, what am I here for? So God says to you, oh boy, what are you here for? You're partnering with me. Okay, You're partnering with me in tikkun olam. You're partnering with me in making a better world. You're partnering with me in making a better you. You have such incredible, creative power like it's really something like to really like praiseworthy are we like we're lucky we're blessed we're praiseworthy praiseworthy is Hashem that he gave us that um strength and capability and believes in us like it's really really special and therefore because you are so special Hashem doesn't let you fall asleep on the wheel right the best example is like a mother, like my daughter just had a baby and every yeah. day she can't believe it. So, and she can't fall asleep. <laughs> <The wheel. laughs> you know, it's such an incredible thing that you've right. got, that you're bringing up this person. Yeah, yeah. And you got the gift of, you know, being said and told you could do it. You know what I mean? You're bringing another human being to the world. You're really helping in Hashem's like a partner, but mother and father are too. So three partners in that creation. It says a lot. So what's going on here? What does it mean that Hashem loves you so much? He won't let you fall asleep on the wheel. What does that mean? Talia. He'll take care of you. He'll make uh, sure that you're making the right decisions. Yes. Yes. He'll take care of you. He'll help you make the right decisions. I forgot to put on the tape for the um, podcast. So wait one second. He'll it help is important. There you go. He'll help you make the right decisions. But what else? What else does it mean? Like, what do you mean by like, I'm falling asleep on the wheel and then Hashem wakes me up and helps me make the right decisions? I gives you a patch. Ah, okay. Amazing, Leora. Waking you up could be a lot of different ways, right? Sometimes he'll wake you up. This is an interesting idea too. Sometimes he'll wake you up with inspiration, okay? There's a very interesting podcast called Singled Out. 
It's a podcast for people who are looking for Shaduchim. How do you navigate being single in a very, you know, Jewish world where family is such an important reality? Like it's hard. It's tough on these people. So it's a really good podcast. It gives you a lot of insight on what it's like to be single. So today was interesting. She they were talking to a real live Shatrin, like someone who made close to 200 Shaduchim. Okay. So she's matched up over 200 people. And she was talking about her job as a Shatrin. And she was saying, like, She's not that type who pushes you and manipulates the story and lies, but she said something really interesting. She set up a Yemenite Israeli girl with a nice South African Ashkenazi boy. Okay, so Sparty Yemenite Israeli with Ashkenazi South African, okay, boy. So she set them up and she really felt like they had this like character a dynamic that she could really see getting married. So after the first date, they were ready to kill her. <laughs> they called her up. They said, where in the world do you come up with thinking an Ashkenazi South African should marry a Sephardi Yemenite Israeli? Like, are you crazy? Like, she, they just couldn't believe she put them together. So she said, you know what? Okay, I hear you. Okay, you don't have to go out again. Fine. Then she said she was sitting on the bus like a week later and something inspired her. She didn't know what it was. It was like this crazy feeling. She even remembered exactly where she was when she got it. And that feeling said to her, you call those two up and you tell them that they need to go out again. Hmm. They really are for each other. So she's like figuring out, how am I going to do this? But I feel it. I just feel it in my bones. So she called up the guy and he really owed her a lot. Like she always extended herself for him. You know, she always had him over for Shabbos. Like she was really good to this guy. So she said, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I just have this gut feeling, this inspiration. I want you to go out with that girl again. And he said, but I don't want to. <laughs> and he said, just can you trust me? Like, I, like one more date, like one coffee, like it's not going to kill you. So then she, he said, oh. Okay, I would not do this, but it's only for you. Okay, so I will do it just so you feel like I listened. Okay, fine. So she called up the girl and she lied. <laughs> she said, the guy called her and said he really thought about it. And he's not sure why he said no. He's just curious. Could they give it one more go around? All right. The girl said, okay, fine. So she went out with him. You know what the rest of the story is, of course. After that date, they like like fell in love. It was amazing. And six date late, six dates later, which is very quick, they got engaged. Yeah. So sometimes like Hashem will send you. Anybody ever have it? Where Hashem yeah. just sends you, yeah. Like it's not only like you don't fall asleep on the wheel, so I'm always gonna send you something negative. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you're not, I don't want you to sleep on the wheel, but I'm gonna send you something like a piece of inspiration. So some of you just have this inspiration. Now, what are you supposed to do with that inspiration? Act on it. Act on it. How many times do you like go to a shear or you read something, you know, and they need tzedakah and you're looking at it and you go, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll do it later. Yeah, this really moved me, but I'll do it later. You need to almost do it right here, right now. Because when you don't do it right here, right now, what happens to that voice that Hashem sent you? Awesome. Yeah. So like if we were all really, really honest, like Corona sent a lot of messages. It really sent so many, like you don't need fancy schmancy weddings. You don't need a lot of stuff. You really don't. Right. And it's really important to call your, you know, booby who's alone. And it's important to reach out to people and blah, 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 blah. And then Corona's over. How many messages did we take with us that we really acted on? You know, most of us are just like, okay, that's over, back to normal. Like sometimes we don't appreciate, like, you know, Shem's kind of calling us. It's not easy. I don't find it easy. Like, you know, you got to hear those messages and more than you just have to hear them, like more than going, well, there's no coincidence you also have to act yes you have to act and you have to move with them so we're saying that we're very lucky because Hashem is trying to call us like even the craziness in this world like sometimes I'm 
talking and, you know, I'm going, oh, the world's crazy. It's falling apart. It's this, it's that. There's one girl in my classes who always goes, but that's because God wants us to know Mashiach is coming. And I'm always like so proud of her. She's got this like real attitude. And guess what? That is why it's happening. Because Hashem is trying to tell you there's going to be no ism out there that you're going to be able to hang on to and believe is true because there is no ism anymore left. There is no government that loves you. There is no, you know what I mean? The only ism left is anti-Semitism. Okay, you see that on the rise. But there isn't too many other, you know, feminism died, okay? Socialism died. Like all this stuff is failed, failed experiments. Do you know what I mean? And all this stuff, like, you know, you have recession, inflation, like even your money, like people are nervous. Like if you, they're doing all kinds of different studies and they're seeing like, um, what's it called? Consumer confidence is very low. People don't want to go out now and buy new big things because they're really afraid of inflation and what's going to happen, right? So really Hashem is preparing the world for Mashiach. What is preparing the world for Mashiach mean to everyone? But you don't need much. Yes. And what's the only thing you do need? Hashem. And that's a real language. Ain od milvado. There is no one else but you. You, Hashem. Ain od milvado is a language that we need to really, really make our vocabulary. Remember, we were talking about like, you know, David Melech wants you to have the vocabulary of the world to come right? So that you can speak that language, you need to speak it in this world. And that language, right? So that you know it when you get there. So what did we say that language is? Exactly that. That's exactly how David HaMelech lived. There was no other power in the world, but Hashem. And he knew it because every power in the world went against him. Do you understand what I'm saying? He had every enemy, powerful enemy, his own son, right, with his soldiers and his coup trying to usurp the throne, right? Every power in the world went after him. Health went after him. Children went after him. Wives went after him. The real, you know, the police team, this enemy, that enemy, inside enemies, good friends, everybody, right? Like a person like that who is like enveloped with all this stuff, Right? You would think David Melech would just roll over, but he doesn't. He just says, Ain ode milvado. I don't care what all these other powers have to say. The only real power generating anything happening in this world is you, Hashem. And if these people are coming into my life, it's because you sent them. And now I have to respond. All right. And if you put them in my life, I have the ability to respond. And in most of the cases, my only response is calling out for your help because there is nothing other thing I can do. Right. My son is coming after me. I am not bringing the Jewish people into civil war. That's what he said. Right. David Amel could have said, you know what? You're going after me, Avshalom. Just watch. I'm going to get the entire Jewish nation. And then this Jew would be killing this Jew. Be killing. He said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to put my trust in you, Hashem. And he walked out of the palace. You see what I'm saying? It's just like, it's so interesting. So this is what the time that you're in now, the times that we are in now is to really develop that reality and not to fool ourselves about anything else. And let's say like, so let's look at the small day, the small day frustration, right? Instead of letting it take us over, Ain od milvado. I had to go around in a circle. Today I had to go around the circle. I went to do the carpool. This one was sleeping. Nobody called me to tell me. Then I go pick up this other kid. Then I finally get them to school. And you know what they say? I think I'm going to throw up. Can you take me home? <laughs> like, okay. I'm like driving all the way to take them home. And then I was late for my appointment. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's kind of like, right? So you're just like getting frustrated all over the place. It's not helping me. Do you know what I mean? Like getting all, like, it's not going to do anything. It's ain ode milvato. Hashem, for some reason, you want me to practice patience and chesed and a whole bunch of other stuff that I wasn't expecting to have to do today. But so what? That's every day. Uh-huh. Very well said. Every day is, it is what it is. That's what every day is. Okay. It is what it is. Now, how do I move forward? 
And how can I move forward? Because I have a God consciousness, because I don't look at this as accidents. I look at these as opportunities. Do you see what I'm saying? It's a big difference. And the opportunity is not for fame, fortune, or money. It's just for personal growth. <laughs> okay, That's the opportunity to get closer to Hashem and be a better person. That's what the opportunity is. So it was very weird. A client said to me yesterday that they want to they want to get be, do away with money with cash money. <laughs> Did you ever hear that? It's like wow. Okay, Hashem was yeah. Like I don't know. Every day is another story. Besides doing away with money, they also want to do away with people. Okay, so. <laughs> Halabai was just money. Okay. <laughs> so no, you're right. So this is like something to think about. Okay, so now those were the first two sentences. And then you see the word Tehillah le David, a psalm of praise by David. It's not only a psalm of praise by David, but people even consider it like a psalm of praise of David. Okay, so what do I mean? This Tehillim, we said, was his magnum opus. This was was David Amela's greatest work. And all of Tehillim, all of the ideas of what Tehillim is trying to teach us, you find here in Ashrei. Okay, so this is like big stuff. Now, why is David HaMelech, like if you think about it, praised the most? Like I said, this isn't only a praise for Hashem that David wrote. People actually consider it a praise of David. So What's David's ability, which is something the Jewish people are asked to do, and I find it, it's hard, okay? We live what I would call a bittersweet life, okay? What's interesting about dark chocolate? We call it bittersweet, yeah. Isn't it interesting? What does bittersweet mean? It's kind of up and down. What, uh, Leora, what does it mean, bittersweet? Life comes with ups and downs. Like you're calling chocolate, like let's be honest, what's richer, dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Like milk chocolate, what's considered the more, like the more, like the more more respectable chocolate, more respectable chocolate is dark chocolate. It's considered the more pure, the more this, the more authentic. Okay, more authentic. So when you're looking at, it's interesting that dark chocolate is bittersweet. The Jewish people, like Hashem asks of us something very interesting, that even at happy times, we think of of realities that are not that happy. And even in times when things are not that happy, we think of realities that are happy. So let me give you an understanding. You're at your wedding, right? the most important moment, like, whoa, you're under the chuppah. You've already just, you know, um, been given the ring. You are now sanctified, mikudeshet, right? You're sanctified to each other. You're connected to each other. I finished all the brachas and that's it. Like you would just want to run down the chuppah together, you know, holding hands into the sun, you know, into the sunset together. And what do you have to do? Break the glass. Yeah. What does breaking the glass represent? To remember. Remember the temple. What are we remembering? What are we remembering? The destruction. Yes. We're remembering the destruction of the temple. You know what we're remembering? That no matter how happy we are, our happiness is not complete because of the destruction of the temple. Now go on to Tishabav. So there's all kinds of you know, signs of mourning, you're supposed to sit on the floor and, and you don't greet each other. You don't even say hello. You're sitting Shiva. What are you sitting Shiva for? Almost. Yeah, destruction of the temple. Why is this temple business so important? Because we're missing a building? Like, yes, because we're missing the Shrina. We're missing God's real, open, obvious protection and interfacing and connection and relationship with us. That's what we're really mourning. And it's a big thing to mourn, not a joke. Okay, so now on Tishabav, you're really, really sad. And then suddenly it's chatzos, half the day's over. And what do we do? We flip, the chair goes up, you can sit on your chair, you can say hello to people, why? Because now we start thinking about the redemption. 
right? And there's even a, a medrash that says like, um, the Melech HaMashiach will be born on Tisha B'Av. So it's like interesting. So in our lives, there's always this like bittersweet reality. It's never like, or it's like, do you know what I mean? It's so unbelievable. And how Hashem says that you can hold them together at the same time. That's what blows my mind. Like somehow you have to be able to hold this together at the same time. Who is able to do that better than anyone else? David HaMelech. Nobody could hold on to pain and pleasure at the same time, the way he did. And when you hold on to plain, pain sorry, and pleasure at the same time, and you can live with them in a consistent reality, it's called, this is going to be crazy what I'm going to tell you, it's called Simchas HaChayim. What does Simchas HaChayim mean? The, the Simcha of life. Yes. Okay, it's so almost like when, when, when your loved one dies, you almost relieve because you knew, you know they're parting, but you love them so much. And it's, it's so interesting. Yes, that's a, that would be a way to balance the reality. They stopped their suffering. They're moving to a better place. They left me their legacy. Do you see what I mean? It's like you're holding, but yet I'm so sad because they left. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like you're holding these two feelings and simcha sachaim, you have to understand what the word simcha means. Like we have such an artificial concept of happiness. Like the world gives you such a fake, it makes me nauseous when you really think about it, right? Like what does the world promise you happiness is? It's all material thing, but it's um, from your soul. Yeah. Happiness comes from within the soul. Happiness is, when I say I'm sameach b'chayim, it means I'm happy to be alive because I feel meaning and I feel purpose in my life. Not I'm happy to be alive because I have a five-carat diamond, three cars in the garage, I have a mansion, and I get to go to the most, you know, exquisite um, destinations in the world. Okay, many people have all that stuff, right? There are people, right? Very famous people. And as much as you see their fame and their fortune, you see their depression and downfall. <laughs> okay, you know, do you know what I mean? It's not like no guarantee. And for most of us, like, you know, when you're counting the days, oh, I can hardly wait to get my bracelet. I can hardly wait to get my rings. I can hardly wait to get what happens after you get them. Yeah, you forget about Yeah, it's like so sad. It's like, it's like a quick little high. And then what happens? because there's a disappointment in how come this isn't keeping me happy for so long it's something that's sentimental like your grandmother's or your mother's okay because there's something deeper there there's something deeper so simcha sachayim is i'm david amelech had a crazy life right crazy but he was happy he was contented with his life because he said this is the one you gave me god if this is the one you gave me, then this is the one I need. And I will use it to get close to you. Because if I get close to you and I become more God-like, then I will love myself even that much more. I'll have a lot of like sense of accomplishment in who I am. Right? And what I've come to this world for. So this is what it is. Like Life is going to be bittersweet. And the way it will taste good is if you learn to appreciate what that means, right? If you learn to appreciate that the sweet and the bitter are all just an opportunity, just an opportunity to grow and to be close and to have relationships. That's what it is all about. And so King David, like it's interesting because there were lots of kings in the Jewish people and some of them were lousy. Like they were really, really bad. <laughs> okay, they caused the Jewish people to do some terrible things. King David stands above all of them. It's interesting. He looked like he's crowned as like David Melech Yisrael, Chai Vikayam. You know, he's going to live forever. He's everything. Why? Because the greatest kingship he showed us, because if you really look at kings in history, like look at Henry VIII, okay? <laughs> Most kings in history, they, they have a bad rap because they're really narcissists and they usually like power hungry and they, you know, tax people and do whatever they want and they're horrible. But a real king is someone who is king over themselves, 
All right. It's someone who has a lot of self-control. And David HaMelech, that's what he's famous for. Because remember we said that we're talking about mental health. And what did we say mental health is? Mental health is you're able to navigate with your emotions. You can navigate. You're still able to grow and move and move on. Right. So you can feel your pain. I, I thought this was a really beautiful idea. And this is uh, Dr. Lieberman's. I really thought it was beautiful. He said, there's such a thing as pain, there's such a thing as pleasure, and there's such a thing as suffering. So he said, suffering is when you choose to just live with your pain. Mm-hmm. I know that was such an interesting idea. You choose to wallow in your pain, it will equal suffering. You could take your pain, you could feel it, but you can also harness it. And use it for so many other good things. You really can. You really can. Like we all know people who did that. I always talk about Kathy Laszlo because I really feel she did that. She had like a, you know, a highly dysfunctional autistic child. Yeah. Right. She, right. It, it, it wasn't, he was not like highly functional. So he doesn't speak really, you know, not that clearly. He's like, really takes a lot. Right. Great kid. I love him. But she took that right? She, you could wallow in it and just suffer from it all the years of your life, right? But she took that and energy and she built for others and she built for her son and she built for other people. Do you know what I mean? And she, so what I'm trying to say, and, and many great things that have happened in this world are people who had certain suffering and pain and turned it around, should I mean? And, and turned it into uh, acts of kindness. You know, it's like really something to think about. So this is David HaMelech. So how do we become these people? How are we able to take our pain, like let's be real, and turn it instead of wallow in it and just suffer? What is the key? What is the key to this? And this is what they say is the key to to this Sameach to Simcha Sachaim. To Simcha Sachaim. This is what is the key. Can anybody figure out what it is? Talia, do you have any ideas? others okay one okay so to help others okay what else talia i agree with her (laughs) i agree with her so what it is like what's motivating you to help others before the help others it's your perspective okay it's your perspective okay so a perspective is the way you vision something right so you can have a bigger perspective, a wider perspective, a kinder perspective, a compassionate perspective, right? Or you can get into self-pity and why me and the la and la. Like you could just see. So David and Melech is always trying to show you what Barb and Talia were saying. There is a bigger perspective, all right? But the number one perspective, again, we have to just say to ourselves a thousand million times. What do we say again? Ain od milvado. There was no one else but Hashem. And if you look in the Ashray, if you're on page, like, now you could be on page 44, and you look under the letter Tess, okay? So it says, Tov Hashem Lakol, God is good to everyone. And he has mercy on everything he created. So it's not just the perspective, which is hard. We need to listen. We need to swallow. We need to breathe this in because it ain't easy. It ain't easy. But what is it? That Hashem, whatever he's doing, everything that is happening, Tov Hashem, Lakol, Rachamav, Akol, Ma'asav, is happening for our good. What does our good mean? for our ability to grow and maximize who we are, to come here for our tikkun. Our soul comes here for a tikkun. And not only does our soul come here for a tikkun, it's the tikkun you chose, okay? You said to the Almighty, when you were up in heaven, you said, God, I really want to be close to you. I really want to climb the highest mountain. So Shem said, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to send you down to earth with this mission, with your tool box, Now go for it, girl. So that's the perspective that we need to keep. That's the only perspective that could keep David HaMelech alive. Okay, You're talking, you know, you're talking not only haunted by sad realities. You're talking about 
people wanting to murder you. Okay? <laughs> this is not a simple story. Okay. But, but you know what's interesting? What I just thought of? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's say you've been through something really, really bad in your life. You experienced it. You're over it. And 10 years later, 15 years later, you're chatting with a friend. And you're talking about exactly what you went through. And you're like, wow, was that me? Right. It's like, oh, wow. What a story. Yeah. That's an, yeah, that's unbelievable. That's an unbelievable reality. And that could be, I'm telling you why Dovin and Melech wrote it all down. Yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's why he wrote it all down. And I think he wrote like all these different emotional crises exactly for this reason, because he knew each and every one of us will have our own crisis. Each and every one of us will pick up this, you know, Tehillim card, right? And look up. I cannot sleep. I'm feeling sad. I'm, you know, single, <laughs> opening to find a soulmate. I need to increase my trust in God. And he knew that this was going to happen. He knew it was going to happen to all of us. So he wrote his story down exactly for this reason, to be able to say, I lived my 70 years on the planet. Weren't easy. Weren't easy. But I saw the end of the story. And it came to a good end. And I became the better person. And now I'm King David who will, you know, I am the example for eternity. Do you know what I mean? Of what it means to have a life that wasn't easy and yet to be sameach, to have simcha sachaim. Yet to be able to say, that's okay. That's okay. Do you know what I mean? That's okay. It's coming from you, God. All good. And I think what Barb said is phenomenal because we sometimes don't even like thank Hashem for that. Thank Hashem. Because if you can look back that way, Barb, that's great because that just shows you how much you grew. Do you know what I mean? That you're actually looking back, can't even recognize your old self, and you can't even believe that you were in such circumstances. <laughs> like I really went through that. Like, whoa. <laughs> and what's also so beautiful. Which the key to Ain Od Milvado, Simcha Sachayim, being able to believe all this stuff, the key is humility. Being honest, the key yeah. is humility. The key is the humility to be able to accept, you know what, God, I don't get it. Like, I'm not smart enough. I don't know the past. I don't know the present. I don't know the future. For some reason, you put me in this situation, right? This is where my soul is supposed to be. This is my tikkun. You know what, God? It's okay. I don't get it, but it's okay. I'm going to tap in and do my best with what I have. It's okay. You know what I mean? So this is like, this is that whole idea. So that was really like, thank you. That was really, really good. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's beyond your finite understanding, right? Right. But know that whatever Hashem is giving to you is with precision. You know, like I was like when people you know you ever have people do any renovations in your house and you can't believe how they measured it with such precision you know like the door opens but it doesn't bang into the wall like I'm like how did they know how to do that like like the finest intricate detail you know so that's how Hashem is working with you you know like that's how Hashem is working with you and with your life so here's this is the so I just want to talk a little bit. Yeah. So the way you're going to be able to move, like this is what David Amalek did, which is not easy, but he accepted it. Like the first reality is acceptance. It's going to hurt first, you know, things that happen to you that are not fun or not good or painful, they're painful. So first you give yourself a little bit of this opportunity to scream and cry because you deserve that opportunity. All right. Because it really does hurt and we can't pretend it doesn't. Right. So God says, I get it. But with time and with space, Work to develop a perspective. Work to open your perspective. Put in more hashkafa. Put in more amuna. Put in more trust. And God willing, slowly but surely, your perspective will change. I can't promise you that your circumstances will change. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's very important. Like, don't that is, that is true. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't think anyone should like play that, you know, the circumstances, which I don't know about that could be a Shem, you know, could change anything, he could do anything, and, and you could ask for that. But more important than your circumstances is your perspective, because that's what we're trying to say, right? People who have everything, who only see what they don't have and angry and grumpy, doesn't matter how much I give them, they're never going to be happy. And then there's people who, whatever they have, they're happy, you know what I mean? So that's what we're trying to come up to this, okay? Okay, so it's very interesting. There's a difference between compassion 
and self-pity. What's the difference? Like you're, you made a mistake. You did something wrong, right? So you can feel compassionate. You can feel compassion towards yourself. What does that mean versus self-pity? You have a little remorse, but you're not like wallowing in how bad you are. And right. right. And why can you be compassionate? Like, what can you say to yourself? What can you say to yourself? Like you made a mistake, you made a big mistake and now this happened and that happened and you're so embarrassed and in front of Hashem, you spoke Lashon Hara and you did this and oh my gosh, and now this one is mad at you and that one is mad and this all turned upside down and, uh, and you know, it's all, or you let go and you were yelling at someone and like, oh, how could I have done that? I'm such an idiot and I let this out. I'm so stupid. Like, and the Torah's telling you, yeah? Apologize and try again. Right. And the Torah's telling you to have, compassion like just say to yourself you know what I did something wrong I'm sorry and I, I can be better and people make mistakes and, and and people make mistakes and the mitzvah of making a mistake so to speak is to learn from it to say you're sorry to change your ways Whew, that's hard that's really hard and to go to somebody and actually ask forgiveness even harder because everybody's very hard like if you, your ego wants to get in the way like me, I didn't do anything wrong. It was all the rest of them. <laughs> so it's very, very hard. To, so, but if you have self-pity and you spend the whole time going, oh, I'm a loser and I don't deserve any better and I did it again and nobody wants to be my friend because I'm so, it's just going to perpetuate more and more and more. And really, Hashem has told you the opposite. Hashem has told you, no, mistakes are part of the program. I created tshuva before I created the whole world because I knew you guys would mess up. You know what I mean? Messing up is an opportunity to learn. So we have to be able to get past that, right? Because if you don't, then you will excuse yourself from responsibility. And it's very easy to do that. Okay, like David Amel could have easily excused himself from responsibility. Everybody's against me. The whole world's against me. I never asked to be king. What do I need this headache for? Blah, blah, blah. Right? He could have done that easily. No Tehillim, no nothing, and just resigned. Right? And then what would we have? But instead, he did the opposite. Right? He did the opposite. This hurts. Maybe I did something wrong. God, I admit I could have done things wrong. I want to do tshuva. I understand that this is coming for a reason. I want to grow. And I'm going to send this legacy to everyone else out there. Okay. I don't want them to feel ashamed. I don't want them to feel guilty. I don't want them to feel bad about themselves. Oh, they deserve all this terrible punishment. No, they they need to learn. They need to, you know, you know, grow from it. I needed to learn. I needed to grow from it. I was able to take a step forward. Right. And this was my joy in life was taking these opportunities and moving forward and being able to balance the bittersweet chocolate. Okay. So now when it says this Tehillah Lidavid, okay. When it says this Tehillah Lidavid, this word Tehillah is like extraordinary praise. Okay. This is like over the top. All right. So Ashray is like over the top, just Loving you, Hashem, telling you how great you are. And it's just like it says it in the beginning. If you look at the last line, it also has to he lasts Hashem. Like I'm always going to be talking with this incredible praise. Now, how can we get so, uh, what's the word, excited about Hashem? Like wanting to go, I love you. You're the best. Well, well, well. Like what's getting us to do that? Like what's getting, to, what has to happen to us for that to happen? You have to keep learning and growing. And, okay. and Keep okay. Learn. Yeah. Learning, growing. What else? You have to make, I'm going to be honest. Acknowledge that God is in your yes! life. Yes. Oh, okay. Leora, amazing. You have to acknowledge, you have to make a conscious effort. Like when you're going out, like some people go outside, you're going for a walk, and one person sees a flower and they go, wow, we're a nice flower, and they walk away. You pass the flower. What are you supposed to say? What are you supposed to be thinking? Tell the truth. God's creation. Yeah, God's creation and what? What about it? Like a broker of the pleasure of seeing yes, it. Yes, I'm so grateful. You could have made this whole world dark, gloomy, and gray, okay? Shem didn't have to send out beautiful flowers. That Sometimes you look at the flowers and the detail is beyond. Like, you couldn't imagine a better artist. Like, really, like, really. Like, they're so beautiful. And who are they for? For you. Uh, for you, you didn't accidentally walk past the path with the gorgeous flower. Shem knew where you're going. He wanted you to stop and smell the roses. <laughs> so for us, it's like I'm being real. 
for us, if you really want to be one of these praise crazy people, it's you have to really be looking around to praise Hashem. It's like, it's up to you. Like, it's up to you. You know, that story with Rabbi Wallerstein of Blessed Memory, remember with Lefkowitz and Friedman, like the, mo the incredible beauty of that story. Remember, the, the Mr. Friedman becomes blind and and yeah. Mr. Lefkowitz is the artist and uh, goodness out of its heart, he pretends he's looking out a window and describes everything. The fact that this Mr. Friedman said to him one day, I see more now being blind because of you than I did when I had my eyes open because I never looked at the detail of life. I never noticed the flower. I never noticed. I'm just busy. Do you know what I mean? So this is the idea that you want to like, if you want to be like, whoa, you know, like extraordinary praise, like, Simple things like I had a safe trip in my car. My car drives. You know what I mean? Like I, I have air conditioning. Like you could just be, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like you could have a whole different perspective where you're like opening yourself up, right? To really be looking and recognizing. That's what David Amelch did. Now, why would that be a good thing for you? Why would it be good to count your blessings? You know, today, every store, every self-help store is selling these books called my gratitude book does anybody see these everywhere dollarama you know what's it called indigo they all have my gratitude book what's my gratitude book list today five things you are grateful for <laughs> okay and they're telling everybody if you just listed five things you'd be so much happier so here david melch is saying extraordinary like go full whole hog you know like really think about it open up count your blessings and you will see right how much happier how much better you will be how much everything will be right right that is greatness and that's what david amel said he said i may be the king right and i'm a pretty famous king and I was the king over myself. And when you look at the spheros, like you look at the way Hashem interfaces with the world, and my husband's doing this whole class on spheros, and you just finished Shavuos, and they say every one of these characters, uh, character traits that Hashem has that he works with when he speaks to us and deals with us, and he wants us to develop so that we have more in common with him. Each one comes with a shepherd. Each comes with one person that really brought that character trait to the world, right? So they say like Chesed, Abraham really we brought chesed to the world. Malchus, royalty. David HaMelech brought royalty to the world. Like a concept of self-control that combines kindness and beauty and harmony and, and commitment and endurance. Do you know what I'm trying to say? But with all that, everybody applauds David HaMelech, but David HaMelech says, don't just applaud me. Be smart. I'm not the king of kings the real king of kings is Hashem. okay that takes a lot that takes a lot how can he do that out of his humility and his sense of truth right because what do we say another name for Hashem you should know another name of Hashem is Emes is truth so it's funny like so David is completely emulating Hashem and his real royalty is to be able to truly acknowledge. That's mm -hmm. so tough, guys. Anybody like, you know, sometimes you did something and you really, well, it wasn't really you who did it. <laughs> someone else did it. And they really, right? And then somebody gives you all the credit. They're going on and on. Like, you're amazing. You made this challah. This is the most delicious challah ever. And really was, you bought one of those frozen challahs you just baked in. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like ah thanks it's very very hard to say i bought it yeah i bought it, it came from amazing donuts okay <laughs> it's like very hard to say it like let's be real okay so like ms is a big feature all right so they say something very interesting okay they, this is like a really interesting idea they say, you know, like we struggle in life. We, we have it hard. We have to really work hard to grow and hard to do this and hard to do that. And so we say, you know, like, why, why Hashem? So Hashem says, oh, there's no. It's frozen. Yeah, it's yeah. frozen. 
frozen. Uh, it's frozen. Gail, we can't hear you because you're muted. Can't see. Uh -uh. 